He jumped into the sea. I was talking to a senior this week, and I asked them the dreaded question. I tried to word it a little differently, but I asked, what's happening next? And their reply was, well, I don't know. Um, and I said, well, that's, that's kind of scary, huh? And they replied, no, uh, it's exciting. I thought about that this week. That just because we don't know what's going to happen doesn't mean it has to be all scary. Because we actually never know the future, <laughs> right? I mean, we, we make plans and we, we kind of know big, where the big rocks fit in, so to speak. But we don't really know what's going to happen. But what we do know is who's going to be with us every step of the way. Today, Jesus asked his disciples to do something. He asked them to cast the net over the right side of the boat. And they pull in these nets that are so full. And one of the disciples recognizes it's, it's the Lord. It's, it's Jesus. And as soon as Peter knows what direction the Lord is, he jumps into the sea. That he, he jumps makes me think of that old saying, when I say jump, you say, right? If you didn't know, now you know, right? So that's, that's how it goes. Your teachers say, write a paper, how long? Okay, so, so when Jesus says, this is the direction, the invitation for us, like Peter, is to jump. Do you remember another time in scripture when, when Jesus was there with Peter and there was a boat and there was some water? Do you remember what happened? That when Peter sees Jesus out there on the water, he says, Lord, command me to come to you. That, that, that Peter wanted to go there. He wanted to leave the safety of the boat and to have the adventure and to go where the Lord was. That Peter wanted that. That if that's where the Lord is, if that's where the God of happiness and joy is, the God of love and peace, if that's where God is, well, then that's where I want to go. And I guess maybe sometimes, even if we're unsure of the direction yet, do I believe that first principle? Do I believe that where God is, or or where his will is for me, do I believe that it is for my happiness, that, that I will be the happiest by doing his will? Do I believe that? Do, do I trust that that's what God wants for me? Because before we'll ever step out of the boat, I have to first trust in the one who's going to catch me. I have to trust that the one who called me is going to be there. And that's what happens, right? When, when Peter went before and all of a sudden things went wrong, all of a sudden he got distracted and, and who knows what, overwhelmed, that Jesus was right there and he caught him. And so perhaps Peter learned that lesson. He learned from that. That it's good, it's okay, it's actually great to jump 
to follow the Lord knowing he's going to catch me. And it's going to be better than just staying here where it's safe. What did we hear a couple weeks ago? This, this story leading up to what we hear today is that Peter had denied Jesus three times. So he messed up, not just once, but three times. And he wasn't there at the foot of the cross, Jesus' most important moment. And Peter had abandoned him. And so I don't know what Peter was feeling, but I know what I felt the times that I denied the Lord. My sins of omission, when I saw an opportunity to do something good and I didn't do it, which kind of burns more than the sins of commission, the things I've done. And I feel ashamed and I feel my, my gaze kind of go down. I feel regret, embarrassment. I don't want anybody to know about it. I know what that's like for me. But that had just happened to Peter. And yet the moment he thinks the Lord is that way, that he jumps. Because even from a place of shame and embarrassment and regret, the one we need for healing is the Lord. That our invitation is to run to him, is to jump to him. It's, and in those moments, I don't feel like doing that. I feel like doing the opposite. I feel like running away. I feel like putting my head down, but what Peter shows us, that this is the, the action. That he's the one who's worth jumping for. That no matter how many times Peter's failed, that he's the one who's never failed him. He's the one that can take even my worst mess-ups and work it for good. That like, like the prodigal son, even if, we, even if we run in the wrong direction, God is the one who's so good that he can use it for good, that you and I can't mess it up. That every moment is a new moment to turn back, to jump, to, to go in his direction. Because what, what is Peter jumping into? He's jumping into the Lord's heart of love that never stops beating for love of him and you and I. He's jumping into that ocean of mercy that forgives Peter's sin in an instant and wants to bless him with so much more. He's jumping into the arms of welcome that's always ready to give me a hug and to say, it's okay. It's okay. Let's go forward. And so now it's time. My leadership team, our, our goal this semester is very simple. Our goal has been to grow and launch. That you and I, we were brought here, and I'm including I, me, I, me, yeah. That I, I was brought here as well to the Newman Center to grow. It's a growing place, it's a university. We make mistakes. Sometimes people will come lecture or altar serve and they're like, oh, I only made three mistakes today. I was like, that's great. Keep going. Keep learning. Oh, I really, I really stink at lecturing. It's like, keep going. This is a learning environment. Life is a learning sport. We're supposed to grow, and we learn the most from our mistakes. 
But it's best if we actually do learn from our mistakes and keep, keep growing. And there comes a time when we are to be launched. And just as there was a first time that you and I walked into these doors, into this Newman Center, and we came into the unknown, that now there's a new chapter in which we're going out into the unknown. And the same Lord who met us here and wanted to bless our lives, wants us to go out there and to meet us there and to bless our lives out there. To jump into the unknown of the summer. To, to jump back home, yet not wanting it to be the same as it's always been. Right? Because we, you know, to kind of fall back into old patterns and behaviors and relationships. That it's time to go back in a new way. To, go, to jump into new cities and new internships, new jobs with so many unknowns. And to know that he will catch me every time. That he's the one who cheers me on. And so as we finish this school year, I have a couple suggestions. I even have a little... Oh, I don't have that. I have a little handy bookmark too. It's on your chairs, right? <coughs> but first, the Father Matt suggestions. These are ways to keep growing. The three things on there, I'll just say what they're on there. There's first is divine intimacy. <clears throat> that if he's the one who heals, if he's the one who knows what makes for my happiness, I want to stay close to him. And so how are we going to stay close to him this summer? And, and the more tangible we are, the more likely it is to happen. That's why when I was in college, that's when I started praying the rosary every day, because it was so measurable. Yes, no. Did I do it or not? You know? It doesn't matter if it's 2 a.m. or whatever. You know, like, I... And so whatever that is for you, he's the source of life and happiness. We want to stay close to him. Secondly, authentic friendships. How do we be intentional about our friendship? There's a lot of students in a good way who have built great friendships here at the Newman Center. That's awesome. That means you put yourself out there. That's what happens. That's, that's, you have to do that to grow in friendship. And so as I leave here, if I want friendship, I have to put myself out there again and again and again. And I will connect with people that, that also want to connect. And when you go to your parish, here's a little side note. When you walk into your church, you won't know this, but do you know that other people get excited? When there's a 20-year-old sitting in your church back home, well, people notice. There's somebody, there's a young person here. That, now, that doesn't mean that you're going to see other 20-year-olds, but you can reach out and introduce yourself. It doesn't matter the age. That you can build connections. That the community looks different. After, this is, the Newman Center is for 18 to 23-year-olds. When you go out there, most parishes have a broader range, right? So your friends might be a broader range of age. But that's how we learn. It's called intergenerational learning, right? Like you, we learn from each other. We inspire each other. You're not, you're not going to have a, a focused missionary or Father Matt, you know, running through campus yelling your name or something, you know, seeking you out. I don't always run, but yeah. So in your parish, you're not going to have that. You're going to come and go, and no one's going to even notice, or so it felt. That's why I mentioned what I did. 
it feels like nobody notices, but they do. And you can build community wherever you go. So I, I invite you to do that. Introduce yourself to one person each week. Is that doable? Is it scary? Yeah, maybe. But, and then remember their name, and then if you see them again, call them by name. The third thing is, what are we going to do to put our, to grow, to serve? And so this is my invitation, and some of you have taken me up on this in the past and told me how awesome it was, is to get involved in your parish youth group. When you get home, look up the youth minister, call them up, take them out for coffee. They, they need a pep talk probably. And, and just say, hey, I'm here for the summer. Can I help you out? Oh, you're not doing much? That's fine. Would you like me to help you like lead a Bible study or something? What can I do to help? Can I help behind the scenes? That that's a great place of community. And, and the more, teachers will tell you this, right? The more you give and teach, the more we receive. That as we give our faith away, that's when our faith really grows. Because as you see, you actually have to leave here to grow. You have to be launched or we're stuck. And so that's why the Newman Center has to be for a time. And as sad as it is to see people leave that we love, it means they're being launched. It means they're moving into that next chapter of, of growing. And as we step out there, we know that the Lord is the one who cheers us on every step of the way. A church cheers us on. And that this summer, let's we'll just start with this summer. We can start with next week if we want. That this summer is not yet written. It has the potential to be a life-changing, game-changer summer for us. The best summer of our lives. God wants it to be. And if we are willing, all we have to do is jump.